Today is Thursday, July 14th, and I'm Pastor Sean Cole, the lead pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church. You are listening to Understanding Christianity's mini-podcast, Strength for Today, as we continue through Paul's letter to the Philippian church. We are in chapter 3, so let's just dive right in. Philippians 3, 8 through 11. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Yesterday we discovered what it means to be found in Christ, to have this imputed righteousness that does not come from ourselves but given to us as a free gift of grace. This is justification by faith alone. It's our position. It never changes. It's permanent. We are permanently accepted in God's sight, declared not guilty because of the imputed righteousness of Christ. We're found in Him. But yet, let's ask a a very important question. How should being in Christ, this new position, being a justified sinner, how should that motivate us to live a life of worship that's pleasing to God? Now, this is what separates the terms justification from sanctification. Justification is the one-time legal declaration whereby God declares us righteous on account of Christ's imputed record of righteousness to us. It's a one-time declaration. We are permanently in a position of being declared not guilty. We are justified by faith alone. But what is sanctification? Sanctification is the process. The process where we undergo this growth and holiness as the Holy Spirit of God works in us to make us more like Christ. And this is a continual process. We make progress in this our entire life. And so Paul's going to shift from justification to sanctification. In other words, Paul shifts from our position to our condition. Now think about this. Our position never changes. We are always in a state of being justified. But our condition in growth and holiness can't. There are times, and you know this personally, when you don't seek after God. There are times when you don't have a passion for Christ. There's times when you're hindered by habitual sin. There's times when you're flat-out disobedient. Now, we cannot ever be condemned or punished or guilty for our sins because of the imputed righteousness of Christ through justification. But we can have degrees of less passion, less enthusiasm, less obedience, and less intensity in the Christian walk. Now let's look at verse 10. What is Paul's desire? Verse 10, that I may know him. It's an active verb. It's a strong verb. Paul's saying, I want to personally, intimately, spiritually know the depths of Christ. It's very similar to Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. 
where Paul says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you hear Paul's intense desire? It's really a holy dissatisfaction with his present condition. I want to know Christ more deeply. Now, dissatisfaction is a good thing if it's a holy dissatisfaction because it drives us to want more, to go deeper with Jesus. Now, how many of you today can say that you're stuck in your relationship with Christ? You're stagnant. Do you want more? Are you dissatisfied with where you are in your progressive sanctification? I think the Holy Spirit puts that dissatisfaction in our hearts to motivate us to pursue a deeper relationship with Christ. So Paul says, listen, I want to know. I want to deeply know. I want to passionately know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. I want to know his power. I want to know Christ. I want to experience his power. But here's something that's very shocking. I want to share in his sufferings. That's a little shocking. Koinonia, I want to share. I want to have this partnership. I want to have this joint partnership with Christ's suffering. That's a bold statement. We're, we're, we're tracking with Paul when he says, man, I want to know Christ. I want to have the power of Christ. We like that. But then Paul just shocks us and says, I want to know the sufferings. I want to share in the sufferings of Christ. That doesn't sound exciting. That doesn't sound fun. Wait a minute, Paul. We like the power. We like the knowledge. But suffering? You know, suffering is one of those hard things that comes upon us as believers, that sometimes doesn't make sense. What if I were to tell you that for God to bring true revival to your life and to your family and to your church, it might involve a major interruption that could bring suffering? Would you welcome it with joy? Or would you run as far from it as you could? Now, obviously, I don't know the secret things of God, so I don't know what He might do in your life, but it's within His divine prerogative to both ordain and allow suffering for his children, in your growth and grace. But what's our hope in the gospel? It's the same hope Paul had. To experience the life-changing power of the gospel. To be declared not guilty. To have this new relationship with Christ. To know Christ. And we should be excited about these things. For Paul, there was ultimate hope. What was Paul's ultimate hope? Paul's ultimate hope was complete salvation with a resurrected body in the very presence of Christ in heaven. This is what theologians call glorification. There in verse 11, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Now when Paul says by any means possible, he's not expressing doubt. He's not saying, man, I, I, I may miss this. I may not get it. It's words of humility from the chiefest of sinners. Who, who knows that he does not deserve salvation, but God has given it to him. Have you ever had that same attitude? Have you ever wondered why God saved you? Was there anything in you that cried out, I'm worthy to be saved? None of us can make that claim, for it would be boasting, and we know that we're saved by grace alone through faith alone. When Paul says that I may attain, the word means to arrive at the goal, to arrive at the finish line. Paul's ultimate hope was based upon the fact that he would arrive at the finish line. And what's the finish line? Resurrection from the dead. A glorified body. The new heavens, the new earth. The word for resurrection here is used nowhere else in the scripture. 
Um, it's unique to Paul in this verse. It literally means out resurrection. It's really this the new body, the glorified state. This whole idea when we're changed in the twinkling of an eye and we receive our, our new glorified bodies. What did Paul say back up in chapter 1, verse 21? For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Do you have a holy dissatisfaction and a desire to have more of Jesus? Do you desire to know Him more deeply? Do you welcome suffering because you can share in the suffering of Christ and He can grow you through that suffering? Are you looking forward to that day, that final day, when you're glorified, when you attain the resurrection of the dead? Is that your goal? Is that what you're living for? Or are your eyes on so many other temporal things that don't really matter? Are you blown away that Jesus would save you? Are you blown away that he would take the full penalty of your sin and credit you with that perfect righteousness? Do you want to know him more deeply? Do you want more of his presence? Even if that means suffering, is your heart's desire that Jesus would be your all-consuming, magnificent obsession this day? Well, thank you for listening to Understanding Christianity's mini-podcast, Strength for Today. Until next time, keep your eyes on Jesus. Jesus.